Hey, 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 this is episode 25. Uh, invite Los Campesinos. And uh, I interviewed Kyle and Ellie from uh, the Reddit podcast, uh, the E word, E as an emo, um, from r slash emo for all you uh, Redditors out there. Um, they have a really cool podcast. They interview a bunch of really cool bands. Like their most recent inter- interview was they uh, with, with the Hotelier. Well, with Christian from the Hotelier, they talked about uh, Home Like No Places there as a part of their Decade Under the Influence series, which is really sweet. Talk about that during the interview. Um, yeah, I just hit him up on Twitter. I was like, "Hey, um, I see that you have a cool podcast. You got out ahead of uh, the game a little bit, and I haven't seen too many podcasts kind of doing what they're doing and kind of doing what I'm trying to do as well. So I'm like, "Hey, maybe it'd be cool for us to talk to each other about like what we each do." And they were like, "Yeah, sure, blah blah blah." So we set up a Skype thing. So this is a phone interview. This is the first time I've done this. So it, the audio quality is a little bit different because it, uh, it sounds like I'm on the phone, kind of. You can hear Kyle's voice really qu- clearly because he was the one recording it. Um, but yeah, so if you're wondering why my voice sounds a little bit different, it's because of, I'm on the phone. Ellie's on the phone. They're in like Texas and Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure. I don't even remember. But um, yeah, anyways... Enjoy, uh, enjoy the episode here. We talk about comedy for a little bit too long. Sorry, Kyle, uh, but we we get into a lot of good stuff too. So, really appreciate you guys listening. Here is the episode. I'm like curious as to how you guys started a podcast. Like, did you did you know each other? Like, if one of you is in Texas, if I'm correct, and one of you is in Wisconsin, yeah, is it yeah. just I used, it? Yeah, I used to live in Las Vegas, actually. Um, so I, I moderate the emo subreddit and oh, okay. yeah. And Kyle one day out of the blue just was like, Hey, I think it'd be really cool if, uh, we like turned the discussions from the subreddit into like a podcast format. Um, and I am the only person who actually followed through on that shit. So <laughs> oh, here we are. Well, I, I, I think like the story needs to give credit to Radbones. Who, mm, who, that's true. Who was the person that I like pitched it to? Radbones is a moderator of our emo and was like, I don't know, like basically like the the least intimidating Rad- one. Radbones stepped down. Actually, oh, just wanted to throw yeah. that out there. Uh, yeah, no that idea. Sucks. Yeah, do you know their real name? I like the Connor. idea of, of only using like. Okay, I actually I, I kind of like the idea of just screen names. I met some. <laughs> I I met someone who's like kind of close to the pod and like the subreddit named Bennett at a mineral show in Chicago, and like we were like talking and then he and then he's like, "Do you know who's standing next to you?" I was like, "No." He's like, "That's Radbones Connor." I was like, "Holy shit!" And then like it was like really. Oh wow. Yeah, it was, that's funny. It was really nice to meet them in person and stuff. Yeah, you can remain. You can keep the anonymity too, because especially when the podcast. Uh, it's through Skype. There's no video. It's just like audio. It, it, it could be really easily, you could really easily miss like encounters like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like two people who are like deeply involved in something could be standing right next to each other and have no idea. Just kind of wild. Yeah, yeah. And you're in Ann Arbor, right? Yeah, I'm in Ann Arbor. Cool. I uh, I played a show in Ann Arbor like a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it was my first time in in Ann Arbor. With uh, what's what band? Uh, the band's called. 
uh we did like a, a midwest tour that was like 10 dates and we played at the metal fret oh okay well how did you like it over there at the metal fret or in ann arbor yeah Met- yeah metal fret metal, metal fret's dope i uh i booked a show for flight patterns this like spring and uh that's how i got hooked up with like a contact and stuff and they were telling us about metal frat and stuff which is the fraternity that brave bird and pity sex like formed at and practiced at and stuff and like it's an actual fraternity too so that's like yeah a really wild experience i i think it's the the story is like i ended i went to u of m when i was in college and that was we would that was the place that would have shows obviously like that was the a good show spot as far mm-hmm. as like DIY shows and things I'm pretty sure that fraternity is uh it's not sanctioned if that's the right word uh it's like a it's its own thing it, i think they might have gotten kicked out of the of the actual fraternity group i don't know i, I wasn't in greek life so i don't know the terminology but i think it's coed now yeah so yeah, I don't know if it was always like that, but I I know there was something that went down. They had like a, a couple iffy time periods, but I think everything's good now. Yeah, that was the most time I've ever spent in a, in, in a fraternity house. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really your standard fraternity experience. I would feel. I think it's obviously probably a little bit cooler with like live bands playing and stuff. Yeah, it was also the Fourth of July, so like a lot of people were out of town. I mean, like. The show oh, was yeah. really good, but it was like the Fourth of July, and uh, everyone was just like going hard on their things that they were enjoying that night. Yeah, well, Ann Arbor is a little is it for me? It's better in the summertime, like when all the students leave, and then the, the people that are there are just they're more like year-round people. Mm-hmm. The townies. Then, yeah, yeah, and then you know when school starts you get the the influx of kids from the from the east coast and west coast like rolling up on their <laughs> parents in their parents bmws and shit oh west coast best coast though <laughs> yeah um, hey uh brian do you know blade brown no i don't oh interesting okay where is blade Everyone from in michigan? michigan michigan yeah but, He's from but like where wait really He's ann arbor yeah, yeah. Is it, um, it's a person. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's he's a Michigan emo scene luminary. Uh, <laughs> most known most known for the Blade Brown does not exist stickers that got made by him. Um, he he's a he's an interesting cat. Uh, mostly, I think that uh, I should stop talking about him, or else I'll just start insulting him, even though I love him. So <laughs> that that tends to happen on my podcast. A lot of a lot of insults to people we love, just tearing them down. How else no. are you supposed to show your affection? That's not the only either. way I know how. Help, That's how help. I relate with people. Uh, exactly. I don't know. I was don't roast brainwashed me and say you love me. Yeah. I was brainwashed by sports growing up, you know. I was just like that's that's how you show that you your affection when you don't know how to handle your actual feelings but no it's like the whole ann arbor scene or just like southeast michigan from what i've gathered it's just a lot of a lot of roasting a lot of healthy roasting so it's a really really good time like it's it's really tight-knit from what i've experienced i've only i've only really been in it for i don't know 
less than a year. It was like, I just, I kind of didn't know it existed. I kind of embarrassed. I was really naive to the whole thing. And then I just started playing in a band. I was like, okay, well, I got to play shows. I got to figure out how the hell to do this. And that's how I kind of discovered it. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this, this whole thing's been happening under my nose. How old are you? 28. 28. Oh, interesting. That's cool. I, yeah, no. I think it's cool when people come to DIY, like, uh, after they are teenagers, because you are usually end up being more well adjusted. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because so it's like I uh, I it kind of as soon as I like got exposed to it for the first time, I figured out like okay, I gotta have a plan because like my whole the whole point of me doing all this is because I'm in a band and I want to like be able to uh, like make connections and just like involve myself in the scene somehow. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to do that by like going to a bunch of college parties and you know what I mean? Just like hanging out all the time. Like I, I just, I just felt weird about it. So I was like, okay, well I'll make this podcast. And cause I wanted to, I love podcasting in general. Like I love listening to podcasts and stuff. And I was like, well, I don't know of very many, uh, in, in the, like the DIY music scene. I don't know of really any. Um, so I was like, well, I'll just make one. And, uh, I did that. That was like four months ago that I, I like started doing it. And, it just caught on like wildfire. Like every, like every band that plays around here is either like scheduled or is like, I've been talking to them. There's, there's so many, I mean, there's obviously bands that I haven't talked to yet, but like it, they just keep coming and coming and coming. Like it's, it's, it's building really, really quickly. So I've been able to like meet people, but like speaking to the like well-adjusted thing, it's like, I, I had like a plan rather than just like, uh, being, I don't know, young and kind of like carefree. I'm like, okay, the clock is ticking. I need to like make smart moves, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes a ton of sense. Um, now I feel weird because I just reverted into interview mode. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was just no, you're I was totally just like fine. about to like keep asking you questions. No, no, this is about us. Please focus on us. We are it's not, honestly we are start the show. The way. Uh, the way I usually run the episodes is you can ask me questions. I'll ask you questions because like I, I try to avoid interviews too, because a common theme with the shows that I do is I don't know the people I'm interviewing until I, I interview them. So they're not really interviews as much as they are like me getting to know them because I, I don't really care about being an interviewer like i want to i genuinely like getting to know people who are interested in the same stuff as me and like when normally when the recording stops we're still in the same room and then we're still involved in the same exact scene so it's like i'm trying to like make friends with these people so i'm not like a faceless magazine you know what i mean yeah so if at any point it feels natural to ask me questions by all means, you know what I mean? So don't, don't hesitate, but yeah, I have, I have plenty. I want to know <laughs> about, about you. <laughs> like, I guess I'll just, uh, get into it. Um, I was curious, first of all, so you, you said that, you, you know, you start the podcast based on like the, the Reddit discussions, or the subreddit discussions. How does that evolve into where you are today? getting the hotel you're like how does that involve into like getting actual bands on and like how do you how did you guys end up like spreading the word and get bigger and bigger bands well like 
the whole like getting bands thing for the decade under the influence series was like a whole separate I- idea and like i didn't i mean i kind of saw it coming that like the regular episodes that were like the first year would kind of fade away or be like less uh frequent but like this whole decade under the influence thing was something that we're that we were gonna do for like 10 episodes this year but then it's like become like a big undertaking would you say yeah it's kind of taken over everything yeah um as far as getting bands on the podcast you'd be shocked how far you can get by just asking Oh, believe me, I know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, some bands are, like... I mean, like, we get asked by bands that, like... Some bands we, like, know of, but there's a lot of DMs from bands that are just like, hey, can we come on your podcast? We have this EP that we put out last week. And, um... Yeah. Which is, like, cool, and, like, I wish that, like, I could record seven episodes a week, but, you know, editing's a motherfucker. Um, but, uh... Yeah. But like Ellie was Ellie's really connected with bands that we and like guests that we had on who were more of just like your friends that were playing in bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um because you know, I've been I've been involved in like the Screamo scene uh for like eight years or something like that. So I just kind of know almost everyone in that oh, scene okay. and, and yeah, the Screamo scene has like a lot of connections to, you know, the Twinkle scene because they tend to run in the same underground circles. So there it's actually a lot easier than you think to just like talk to a friend of a friend and ask them to come on, you know. Yeah. When you have like those degrees of connection like that, I could see that. For me it's been a little bit more difficult just because I started out not really knowing anybody, but that's the way I've started to build up, you know, an ep- a larger and larger episode base is because, like, every time I meet a band, like, I'm meeting more people. And then, like, the, through word of mouth or, like, me having those connections, I meet more and more people. And it's, like, slowly growing. So I can totally see that. But Yeah, well, that's that's kind of how it's gone with this podcast, too. Uh, you know, every every episode we put out, it seems like it reaches more ears. And more bands have heard of us. Like, Christian had actually heard of us before we asked them to come on. Um, and I think so had like the world is, um, but and yeah, both of those uh, are thanks to Ian Cohen. Exactly. Who had exactly. just heard of us and, because of Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Twitter, I was about to bring it back to Twitter. I think Twitter has been like the biggest, uh, social networking opportunity for us. Um, because Kyle and I are both, uh, really, really funny. So uh, it just uh, we tr- we try and avoid like just being like a Twitter account that has a podcast attached to it, uh, but I I can't like ignore the fact that you know Kyle makes some tweet about math rock and it gets three thousand likes and, and then all of a sudden we have a bunch more people tuning into the next episode. I mean that's it's kind of like what it's for, right? <laughs> I mean Twitter is just a, like a promotional platform. Anything, anything you can do to to uh, get more attention. I feel like that's what Twitter is basically just like. Look at me on the internet. Yeah, not in a bad way. And like, there are some things that I like. I hate do really well. Like, I did the face app thing with the Glockamora cover, and I hated myself for it. But 
like but you knew it was gonna go off didn't, but didn't it know. went off so fucking quickly that like i didn't have time to take it down <laughs> because uh, i was like right. fuck like this is dumb and i like i don't know for for like the first five for for like the first three or four years i was listening to emo i was like i fucking hate memo i i hate that like this like sacred genre is just like so into memeing the genre that like it that a 16 year old that likes mom jeans is making memes about like sunny day real estate and mineral like fuck that shit but uh but also (laughs) i'm like right but now, like, I ripped off the mineral cover for our logo that I did in some fucking, like, MS Paint app. And, like, I don't know. I've, like, given up on, like, fuck Mimo. Yeah. Well, the, the, the most interesting thing to me is the less effort we put into jokes, the bigger they go off. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, a du- there's a direct correlation between, like, the shittier a shit post is and the more people like it. Yeah, I've noticed that. And as someone who's like not an old man, but definitely like on a different side of the millennial generation from like a lot of the, the younger people coming up through like the memo scene, as you call it, which is really funny. Like it, it doesn't, it just doesn't get me. It doesn't make me laugh usually. Like I see that like I can recognize the trend and like I don't, I don't think that like my humor is better. Like every, every like sort of, generational subculture has their own like form of humor and the the ones before and after never understand it you know but like when i see exactly what you're talking about like the shittier something is it's like there's just a concerted effort to just make everything look as shitty as possible and that seems to be like really getting popular yeah i mean mean, like look at the the summit shack flyers like or uh, the DIY prom flyers where people are exactly. like, yeah, are like, is this supposed to look like that? And like, clearly it's not like that. They're, they're just rolling it out that way, but like, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, speaking of summit shack, like I, I had met, uh, Connor and they're, they're coming on this podcast, um, pretty Tight. soon. Tight. Yeah. They're really, really, they're really funny. I really like those dudes. Like once I met them in person, the humor made sense. But like out of context and like me not knowing their personalities, I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We also played Summit Shack the day before we played the Metal Frat. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And met Connor and Trey from American Spirits and stuff. And I mean, like it's so. RIP. Yeah. For real. For real. It's bizarre how it's like a diy paradise in the middle of bowling green ohio like everyone was just like oh you're gonna have a you're gonna have a good show no matter what and it was yeah it was so fucking fun yeah i still haven't Um, been down there oh go ahead if i can sorry i was gonna i was gonna loop back to the meme thing for a second because i want to get into my pretentious uh cultural critic bag um (laughs) so the point you made about like when you look at a lot of memes that doesn't actually make you laugh that really struck me because I'm I'm closer <laughs> to the millennial age uh, than I think you and Kyle are because I'm 22. Um, but I think memes aren't necessarily supposed to be funny. They've kind of transcended comedy. Now they are just signifiers that like you're aware of something. And so when people oh, oh, yeah. like like a meme, it's, it has nothing to do with whether or not it actually made them laugh. They're just like, oh, hey. I know this thing too. 
uh, your references are out of control, bro. Everybody knows that. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like a you're you're saying that you're part of a of a club in a way. Yeah, yeah. Some some it's just like kind of signaling. You know, it's like a, a signal to be like, yep, I understand exactly what you said. I couldn't say it better. I was if, more if you say virtue signaling. I will leave this podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I, I won't say virtue signaling unless you want to uh, bring up actual virtue signaling. But that, I'm not going to bore people with politics and religion and all that bullshit. Oh, no, let's do it. I love, <laughs> it. I love politics. Well, sometimes when a band band will come in and they'll be like, oh, so like, what do you usually talk about on here? I'm like, well, I like to start with politics and religion and then we just go from there. They're like, isn't this a music podcast? <laughs> no, I, I was more or less referencing with the memes, uh, the ones that are like, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. More or less, though, like the ones that are like Patrick Starr, <laughs> you know, like, OK, this is supposed to be funny, right? But the, there's other ones that I get. And I don't know. I uh, I totally understand what you're saying, though. And I try not to be like one of those, like, get off my lawn old people that are just like, that's I don't understand. This isn't funny. Who could ever think this is funny? Because it's like you just have to understand and have perspective and like to know that, like, your humor, your understanding of things is going to be different than people who are younger than older you older than you. And it doesn't make any one group better inherently. I mean, back in my day, jokes had setups and punchlines, and now all you need is the just put some words in an impact font over a yeah, yeah. And fry it. Well, the thing is, the good comedy still exists. So, like, if if people who like straight up go into actual like rants about how this stuff online isn't funny, it's like go go on Netflix. Like actual comedy is experiencing a boom right now. You, there's plenty of real comedy. If you, you know what I mean. If if you're just gonna like waste your time, can I argue about with that? By all means. Cool. Uh, the stand-up comedy boom ended in like 2016, and now we're kind of experiencing the the bust and the dregs of it because um, the Netflix well has kind of dried up. Netflix is. I think pretty soon going to go on a dive because they're losing a lot of their best content to NBC and Disney. Um, and as far as the art form itself, uh, I think it's kind of reverted from what it was during the boom of like 2010 to 2015, when there was a lot of like real smart comedians pushing the envelope on like, like what the form could be like Bo Burnham, yeah. for example. Um, I think now it's, uh, it consists of a lot of Joe Rogan types who rant about uh, college kids getting triggered when they say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th I think that like uh, there's definitely like a pushback. Um, there was like there was like there's like a politically correct movement, and then there's like a lot of comedians. Uh, I guess what you'd say like the Joe Rogan types that like felt like that there needed to be a pushback, but then there's a lot of comedians, like my favorite types of comedians, are the ones that are just silly and don't necessarily. It's not about taking a stance on something as much as it is just having a good time. Like I really like Crystalia, I really like, like Theo Vaughn. Uh, there's there's a lot. Like Andrew Schultz is one where he's kind of, uh, he's really controversial. But he, when you when you mention like how Netflix is kind of falling off. He's someone who's kind of like reclaiming the art form and like releasing like releasing us uh, 
clips on YouTube, things like that, like so that like the artists actually own can own their material rather than like Netflix being like this gatekeeper. Now he's like, well, fuck that. I'm just going to do it my way. And he has a gigantic platform on YouTube now just by doing it all himself. I mean, I think it, it all just depends on what you're looking for, right? So, like, if, if you you thinking that they're that the boom ended at a certain time, might like for your taste that might be very much true. But then, like for someone else's taste, that might have signaled like the oncoming of a different style or like different types of comedians. Because there's like the comedy store in Los Angeles has never been more popular. You know, the same with um, like the comedy seller in, in New York City. And this is this isn't me. I mean, this is coming from like the comedians who go there, just listening to their podcasts and stuff, hearing them talk about it. Okay. Um so you mentioned Andrew Schultz is controversial, and I don't know who that is. So I want to know why he's controversial. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let me do it let me do an invite the neighbors disclaimer, okay, and say that the the views of Andrew Schultz do not necessarily reflect the views of invite the neighbors. Um he he's just like um a white dude and he has like his takes are controversial because he talks about like the me too movement he talks about like cisgendered ideas but i think he does it in a way that can make people on both sides of something realize this the absurdity in the human condition in general like he'll talk about the me me too movement not in a way that's meant to derail it or delegitimize it but in a way that could take these issues and make show people that there's still humor in these things like it's it's okay to laugh even though it's such a serious thing he's so basically if you think about any number of like controversial topics like that he rather that where a lot of comedians would shy away from the things that might be like hot button issues on college campuses he he goes straight to them basically and he tries to push the envelope that way in a, in a way that like I think brings people together through humor but he's controversial obviously because anytime you talk about something like me too or race especially nowadays there's going to be a lot of people who just like by default are gonna be like no you can't do that so that's why I think he's controversial but you'd have to just check him out for yourself you know sure I do think there are comedians who can kind of successfully walk that line if uh, if the satire is sharp enough like Bill Burr for example is very good at like yes deconstructing toxic masculinity and kind of demystifying cultural conversations about race uh, in the way that he he constructs his jokes. Um, so I'm not necessarily dismissing Andrew Schultz out of hand. Uh, I just wanted to know why he'd be considered controversial, quote-unquote. Oh, yeah. He's, he's worth checking out. Like, uh, Instagram shadow banned him recently, like, um, due to... Oh, dear. ...quote-unquote offensive content. But for me... I just I don't see it. I mean, I can see why, like I said, it, it's controversial subject matter, but I don't think he's being offensive at the same time. I mean, but that's that's just me, and it's not really for me to decide. I'm really really difficult to offend, and like, granted, I completely acknowledge my privilege and all that, and like, I don't need to be offended because I have a really easy life. Like when it comes to like being white middle class, you know what I mean. So I'm not gonna <laughs> say that he's not offensive or other. It's just not my job to decide who should and shouldn't be offended. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I made this post on Facebook a while back. Uh, because I used to do stand-up comedy. I don't do it anymore. But, I mean, for all of, like, 
the conversation about what is and is not uh, put scare quotes around those phrases. What is and is not like okay to joke about. I think that's more offensive than any actual offensive joke because I think any controversial topic can and probably has been joked about in an effective way that takes oh yeah power away f- from the bad thing. Um, so yeah, no, I don't I know. I don't. Just, yeah, I to me comedy is like an art form that uh, kind of its purpose is to you know speak truth to power. Um, and while I don't think necessarily the the PC movement, so to say, is what's in power right now, I do think that kind of this uh, the the centrist corporate co-optation of uh, PC language is what's in power, and I think that there's a lot of value in uh, kind of arguing against that. Oh yeah, I'm glad that you are a big comedy fan. If if I wasn't uh, well, here. So when I inevitably probably don't make it in music, I'm going to try and be a comedian. Like I've done, uh, I've done stand-up comedy. Um, well, this year was when I first started doing. I've been writing stand-up comedy for years, just never had the guts to do it. But I just recently started this year. So, like, what made you stop? Uh, I was living in Chicago at the time, and uh, easy access. Uh, uh-huh. Uh huh. And the Chicago comedy scene is full of very bad people. Um, so I just got kind of burnout on the culture surrounding it. I got burnout on, you know, the attempt to make people uncomfortable and then back away from that by just using the oh, it's all an ironic bit defense, which I've always uh, thought was like a lazy cop out. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, even for me, there was far much too, like far too much cocaine. So. Oh. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? You like you you a big cocaine and comedy guy? No, I uh, <laughs> no. I I don't. Kyle's vape edge. I don't consume any media that isn't that's not podcasts or music, basically. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because like comedy podcasts are what got me into podcasting, and it's like. Like almost all I listen to, and yet I host a music podcast. Yeah, same. I started listening to a podcast that's not about music for the first time in a while this week, and I started listening to Come Town, and I'm just oh no, <laughs> I'm just like What's that one. Ugh. It's not even worth explaining. It's Fair like enough. like people that don't have any right to be as informed and, and intelligent as they are also be as inappropriate as they are. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, Kinda there's like Doctor Drew a little bit. There's a recurring bit about how the people on the podcast can't say the N word, so they like keep towing up to it and then pulling back. Oh, jeez. Um, my yeah, my I'm favorite not, part. I'm actually the- sure how I feel about Come Town. I've listened to many, many episodes, and I still don't know if I actually think it's good or not. Come Town. <laughs> What's your take on it? What's your read on it so far? Because you started listening. I mean, I listened to one episode and I was like really confused because it was just like I I did what everyone should do. And especially if you're listening to the E-word, you should listen to the last episode, not the first episode. Um, but like they were equally as funny. But like there's definitely jokes that I'm missing because I haven't listened much. But like they're also just like really funny off the cuff jokes like. Um. Yeah. Uh. They they were talking about muddy buddies and and someone was like, "Can you say that?" 
I was like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the host of, of Come Town, Nick Mullen, just got banned from Twitter. Yeah, because he, I saw that. Because he threatened to kill Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> uh, he, should, he should go on Joe Rogan the next time he has Alex Jones on and they can have a banned from Twitter party. Mm. Man. Oh God, that, Alex that's, Jones. That's a that's a that's a deep 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 rabbit hole. <laughs> that's a deep rabbit hole. Might want to shy away from Alex Jones. Oh fuck that guy. But uh, let's talk about something besides comedy. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. I'm so I'm so sorry, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. I'm gonna I'm gonna start hosting my show again. I'm gonna ask you guys some questions. Um, so I'm curious, I wanted to ask both of you. So obviously having the hotel you're on is pretty awesome. Uh, it's fresh. I'm sure you just released that today or yesterday. Yeah, today, Yeah, today, just today. Um, that, that would have been, if I had interviewed them, that would have been by far like my favorite interview to date. So I wanted to see, uh, who was the, your, your favorite interview so far on the podcast. Hmm. or like i don't maybe know if you can't pick one like some maybe some that stood out to you as like wow that was a lot of fun or like that was really surreal to do that i mean uh, the first time we interviewed claudio was a big turning point for us um i've always like looked at that episode as like the moment where the podcast really gelled um and it's kind of started like running on its own without us needing to keep like giving it fuel like the conversation just kind of yeah came naturally um, yeah. I really love the Tom Mullen interview. Um, and the, uh, the hotelier interview has kind of rocketed up there because Christian was just an extremely gracious and open person to talk to. Um, and I'm really glad we had that opportunity. I would say my favorite episodes. Okay. I think the best interview or my favorite interview is probably like tank from altranon just because tank was like engaging us and stuff and i thought that was really like we we each got our like our time on the episode um but still like it would have been a dream episode just to have tank plus joe plus peter because i'm assuming they all have way different takes on the album uh, I think also one of our best episodes is just uh, the end of your episode with Tyler from Stars Hollow because that like interview part of that, the one where we were talking about what's up with Stars Hollow is like, I feel like one of the strongest things that's ever happened on the podcast. Just like Tyler being like, yo, we like want to be a band, but we don't have shit for money and people want us to make an LP, but we don't have money, but we're constantly touring. And it's just like all that stuff was just like really real to hear because like a lot of people look up to that band. You know what I mean? Mm. And like, yeah, they aren't even able to do what they want to do. And like, I don't know. And Tyler's just become like one of the sweetest people. And one of the best people to like have engaged with the podcast because they're always listening and retweeting and supporting. And whenever that happens, I feel like more people find out about it. And it's just really cool that someone that's in like one of the best bands going is just like super supportive of us even. Yeah. Um, I really love both uh, freshman class episodes. Yeah. I think those are both like some of the strongest ones we've done. Um, And I'm going to throw out a dark horse. I really love the episode we did with Adam. Uh, that episode's a fucking beautiful mess. 
I re- <laughs> that's like one of the only episodes that I ever re-listen. Like, because everything goes awry in like 20 minutes when we start talking about like what's the most emo tv show yeah (laughs) it just blew up and i like adore it um what are some other e-word greatest hits the hobo johnson episode for sure yeah uh the one i mean like the one with jake from counterintuitive was really tight um and also the one with james cassar is really good but it i think it like suffers from being like painfully long even after you edited it down i mean like the <laughs> simpsons conversation alone was like an hour um uh what if you what are some uh some like stuff that maybe are on the radar or like what would be like some dream interviews if you could have your pick uh sunny hate five six keeps dodging me <laughs> <laughs> but i want that real bad an an idea for one that i want to do and i don't know i mean like if i have more time than i ever have now because one of my bands broke up and summer is almost done but like i i i really want to do an episode called the promoter summit where i get like someone who throws house shows like that are really hot and someone who and i want to get someone from the masquerade in atlanta because they book a lot of emo shows and then well, here's I I I just really want to do an episode with with shitty Greg too. Um, but I just want to do one that's like about like throwing emo shows and like because yeah. because people are like really into booking shows right now. But like a lot of them, I mean, but like it just depends on like from like scene to scene. And I just kind of want to get like people's takes on like how how to make like an emo scene work more or less. Um, but yeah, shitty Greg is one that I really want to do because of how we talked about on the hotel year episode, like he was doing DIY stuff and now he's doing like really, really, really not DIY stuff. Um, your label and things like that. Uh, he's a, he's a booking agent. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I'm very, very, uh, this is very different for me. But at the same time, uh, I'd really appreciate um, you both being willing to do this. I thought it was, it was, I was pretty excited. This might make you feel weird, but like <laughs> you're, uh, I was, you know, you're like on another tier up, like you, like compared to me, like with somebody who's just started doing this, it was, it was really cool to to get the message back saying that you were interested. Yeah, we- does that make you feel weird, Kyle? No, weird as in like I think that like we both just really want to talk about ourselves and 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 uh <laughs> and uh the podcast. Well, that's honestly you're not alone. I mean, that's that's most artists, I feel. That's why I think it hasn't it oh, hasn't like, been hard to get my podcast is a little offensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> I'm just in general. I'm I'm just more speaking like to the artist, like the the bands I interview. That's why it's been so easy to grow the podcast so far, is because, or at least maintain like sustain episodes because bands, musicians, etc. They love talking about themselves, myself included. Like it's really easy to talk about yourself when you're doing a lot of artistic shit because it's like a lot of the times it'll consume your mind on a day to day basis. So if someone asks you to actually talk about it, it's like. Oh really? You want to hear about all this shit? Sure, why not? And that's that's been my experience so far. 
I wanted to ask you all, uh, on my podcast, we, we always talk about touring and, uh, we talk about like fun experiences touring. So, um, Kyle, I know you said you just toured the Midwest. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how, how many times have you toured? Like what kind of ex- touring experience do you have? Um, I played all of the out of town shows I'd ever played last year. And that was Milwaukee, which is an hour and a half away. And then to Duluth in Minnesota. And that's all I had done before going on a 10 day tour this year. What were you, uh, what were y'all riding in? A minivan. We went on tour with, with another band that was in like a sedan. So we had all the gear in our minivan and then four bodies in the minivan. Yeah. Were there any like mishaps? Cause yeah, some really funny stories. Yeah. So we decided to go to like cut like a seven or six hour drive off by like driving two hours out of South Dakota because we played Sioux Falls and we we started driving to Worthington, Minnesota, and we were just going to like split a motel room. That means having eight eight people in one motel room, which was like working, but then like someone and like here's just my theory is like someone in the other band just started like walking around and because when I woke up like like an hour before we had to check out like the door wasn't latched so I think like a cleaning person like peeked in and was like oh I'm gonna clean this room now and then and then uh-huh. they must have like peeked in or something because and saw eight people sleeping in one room and and <laughs> like because then like the phone rang as soon as I stood up and was like hey guys what's the fuck's going on like right. why is the door not locked or like even closed and there was someone's like yo you said there's only two people staying here there's eight people in this room come down here come down here and then I was like what and then I hung up the phone and then they like were at our cars and then they were like I don't know I think <laughs> I think I think they thought that we were gonna like bail because that's why and because like like why would they just like instinctively like go find us outside of the hotel right 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 and yeah they just like charged us a hundred dollars but it was fine I mean it, it's it sucked like I was like really like I was like really feeling horrible about it because like I don't know I'm like a very honest person and like getting, uh, and like getting caught in a lie was just like miserable. Yeah, I know the feeling. Have you uh, have you ever seen the movie The Puffy Chair? No, I have not. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a mumblecore film that the Duplass brothers oh, did yeah, back in 2005. Yeah, yeah. Mumblecore is a genre. Yeah, it's a film genre. Yeah. Um, oh wow. So. There's the scene in the puffy chair where there's like three people in a van and they're trying to get a motel room and the main character is like, listen, I'm just going to get the motel room and say it's for just me because for each extra person, it's another like $10. So um, I'm going to get the hotel room and then you, the he, he's talking to his girlfriend. He's like, you're going to dress up in my clothes and then go into the motel room and then I'm going to run in and then my brother's just going to sleep in the van. And then they get caught in the lie. Um, and that's just what that reminded me of. Although, I think that you took it better than he did. 
yeah, it sucked to get charged like $150 for like a $40 hotel room, mo- mo- motel room. But like, I don't know, we all came out on top at the end of the tour. It was fine. But yeah, that's like the worst thing that happened. Like we didn't have any breakdowns and like all of our shows were like fine. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was talking to Mike uh, from Summer Brews. And he had a really unfortunate tale where he like shit his pants <laughs> somehow while on the road. Jesus. I'm like, I'm like, that's, that's the worst. And I, I don't mind saying it because he said it on the podcast and didn't make me cut it out. <laughs> he's a good, he's a, he's a good sport about it. But that, that so far has topped the worst things that have happened, uh, to a band that I've interviewed. One time I was talking to, uh, Fallow Land, they're a band from Ann Arbor. Um, and they were driving out to Seattle to like from Michigan to uh, record an EP or, or a full length. So they were going to be out there for like two weeks and they got like five or six hours away when Wit their singer realized that he forgot his ID. <laughs> so basically, basically it was like his car. I'm pretty sure that they were taking, but like, like he couldn't drive the entire way. So like, the rest of the band had to like alternate. I think I'm getting the story right, but I think the rest of the band had to alternate like driving his car the entire way or something like that. But, but yeah, Mike, Mike's experience kind of takes the cake so far, but I'm always interested in hearing if of any other failures because I, I want to see if anything will ever top that. What about uh, you, Ellie? Were you ever in any bands currently in any bands? Um, I think I told the story on Twitter before, um, but when I was like 15, I was in a screamo band called Pinecones, um, and we played two shows and broke up during the second show. Because uh, during the second I'm, show, yes, uh, I'm so I'm Jewish, and there was another person in the band who was Jewish, but the different kind of Jewish, the kind where they're like pro-Israel. And so at the like before a song, I started going into like a fuck Israel spiel and oh, okay. they got really mad at me and got in a fight. And then there was like interband drama surrounding like romantic relationships. So the show ended with just like the band like almost fist fighting each other. And I don't <laughs> talk to any of those people anymore. Wow. That's like WWE type shit, I feel like. Was anyone yeah, at the show? The heel. <laughs> Good question. Uh, there was like twelve people, including the band, <laughs> wow. including all the bands playing. Like twelve people. <laughs> That's one thing I've noticed. Uh, kind of tying into that, that the uh, the local music scene is this self sustaining thing where a majority of the people I feel like that are at shows are in bands. So it's like constantly this rotating cast of people who are at, like it's all the same people at the same, like at the shows. It's just a matter of who is going on stage that night. And, and it's a really cool thing where everybody, there's enough bands in, in this Michigan scene that like you get a decent crowd most of the time, even if most of the crowd is in another band, it, it's just like this self-sustaining ecosystem that I've noticed. Obviously, you know, there's some people that aren't in bands that they're just like friends or, or fans. Occasionally you get like someone who you 
no one knows them at all. They're just like a fan of the band, and that's when everyone freaks out. They're like, "Wait, really? Yeah, you just know you just know our band. Like, what the fuck?" But uh, for the most part, it's just like a lot of the same people, which is cool. It's like it's a tight knit community, which is something that has like something that I wasn't sure if I was going to find or wasn't looking for. I just didn't know what to expect. But that that's one of the things that's like kept me around. I guess the DIY scene is just like how how close knit it is. Yeah. A lot of people might use the word clicky, <laughs> which can be a thing. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to like talk about on that promoter summit thing is like, I'll phrase it like here in Madison, like there's like 10 of us that like listen to emo actively and like, and like actively as in going to shows and stuff. Yeah. I mean like that, okay. like, maybe are listening to bands that like aren't on like triple crown records like that there's tons of people listening to, like free throw and tiny moving parts and shit but like yeah okay, once, once, once you get to like like still diy bands like otherwise like no like i i don't understand how you can get people to come out to shows of bands that they've never heard of because like right because that's like asking a lot for me at least as someone who's 28 and like has to wake up by like or be at work by like 8 30 and stuff like that oh i feel you okay so you're 28 too yeah makes me feel so much younger now being 28 myself i've been it's like the honestly that something i i worry about way too much i feel like i just worry that like i'm past my prime when i see all these bands that are like so talented or like so popular and sometimes when those two things combine it's even better um that are like 21 22 i'm like what the fuck i mean good for them but i feel like what am i doing man i feel mm-hmm. like i'm i feel like i'm racing against the clock a lot i don't know if you ever experienced that or if that's just me being too anxious no i mean yeah yeah yes but no but like go but like i thought one more thing i want to add on to what i was talking about or like trying to talk about is is like I'm not like a popular or or like cool person. So if I throw a show, nobody's gonna go to that show okay. because they see a band that I like is playing or my band is playing. But I feel like there are totally promoters in every city that like their band is cool enough or they are cool enough that people will come to that show. Yes. And like I don't that, know that's like, definitely how that thing. works. I don't know how that works. And like those are where like the good scenes are. Like Summit Shack, cool as fuck people. Probably will go roll out because they know that they can see all their friends there. So like yeah. I don't know. I think like that's like an unspoken thing is like you have to be like cool and like a little popular to be a good promoter. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's any <laughs> yeah. secret. Yeah, DIY. But it's, it's definitely like a hard truth. Has been though. like a popularity complex. <laughs> I just said DIY in general is and always has been a popularity contest. Um, oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, that's the thing that Music keeps me going. In general, you're like, that's the thing that keeps me going is that you know all the people are in bands and they're all going to the shows too. The thing that keeps me in DIY is fucking Stockholm syndrome, man. Like. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I have like a like a complex relationship with it because on the one hand, I like I I feel like there's so many 
many people who are kind of putting up a facade in one way or the other, whether that's uh, pretending to believe something that they don't or, um, you know, pretending to like people that they actually don't. Yeah, because it's like it's a good, it's a smart move for them to get in, get in with those particular people or something. Yeah. And then simultaneously, because of that, quote unquote, fakeness, they're also, you know, giving a platform to bands that would not otherwise have that platform. So there's like this cognitive dissonance inherent in that um, because, you know, I I think honesty is something that DIY is like founded upon and should strive for. But there's a lot of little white lies that have made a lot of careers possible in DIY. Yeah. I could see that. It, it, that kind of makes me think like, I mean, honestly, maybe you can relate to this, but do you think that I genuinely like the music of every band I interview? It's like, no, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I <laughs> oh, <okay>. don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't, because I'm a human being, I have taste. You know what I mean? I have my, my taste. I have like subjective uh, opinions about things. So I'm not going to like every band's music that comes on my podcast but i'm also not going to be like oh you're one of the bands i don't like you're one of the bands i do like and just because i don't like a band's music doesn't mean i think it's bad if that makes sense and that doesn't it doesn't mean i don't want to give them a platform that they might not have otherwise had i'm kind of the opposite i mean the e-word is a different story but i run a blog called you don't need maps um and uh, I've had a lot of people ask me to do write-ups on their bands. I've had friends ask me to do write-ups on their bands. And also when I, cause I write for another site called no echo, <clears throat> which is more hardcore oriented. That happens to me a lot there too. And I'm not, not going to do an interview with a band or do like a glowing review of them. If I don't actually like their music, I'm not into the whole friend core thing. Like, I don't I care if you like saved my life, uh, like physically dragged me out of a burning car. If I don't like your band, then I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> right. And I don't think it's something where like, if, if I don't like you, it's not that I have to lie about it necessarily. Like it's, I'll find ways to say like, like I, for instance, I haven't interviewed anyone. Like I just can't stand it there's definitely things where it's like, it's not my thing, but they're really good people. And if I'm the only, if I'm the only podcast in the area doing this and I think they're good people and I respect what they're trying to do, I'm not going to let like my subjective opinion about the style of music they're playing be the determining factor of whether or not they get to come on and do the podcast. That makes sense. Like I'm having like jam bands come on. Like I'm, I'm not a jam band fan. But there's a couple jam bands where like, I know the people and I really like them and they want to come on and talk about music. And I'm like, I'm totally down to do that. I'll drop a line at Psych Rock. <laughs> I w- we get messaged to book Psych Rock bands like once a week and I'll never respond to any of them. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, Psych Rock it, sucks, low- dude. Low key, fish are kind of sick. I'd have fish on the podcast. Fish too? Fish. P H I S H fish. They're like yeah. oh, I, th- I thought you said thing. Fisher. Oh no. You you said <laughs> Fisher cool. And I was like, when for some reason I thought you said Fisher. I was like, I don't know who Fisher is. There's a I I know a dude named Fisher. He's in the band Ulcers. Uh and they actually are cool. So ha. 
Yeah, they're cool. I think they just did a split with Jail Socks and Good Sleepy. Um, Jail Socks. Yeah. Yeah. Jail or Socks. I might be thinking of a di- I might be thinking of a different band. Um, but it was Ulcers, Good Sleepy, and another one. Is it Nope? It might even be Closure. Oh yeah, I think it's Nope. Uh, I uh, met Jail Socks at Swordfest. I cut out my story of, of of meeting Jail Socks from the podcast that we talked about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where I, I was, like, convinced that they hated me. <laughs> there was no context of me, Kyle, from the E-Word being at that show. But it was, like, a couple weeks after the freshman class episode came out, which they were in the freshman class. And they followed us for, like, a long time and stuff. Um, but they were playing their set. And then the bassist... In like introed a song by being like this one goes out to the E Word podcast. This is our cover of Shed by Title Fight, and like didn't play that, uh-huh. and I was like fucking mortified. And then like, but I also was like visibly laughing. But um, is this and, at Swordfest? No, this is at a show in Madison. Oh, okay. I was gonna um, say, were you were there? No, 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 no. Wait, did they intro that song? Yet? at Swordfest too? No, 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 because I said I'd met them. Oh, that would have been sick. Yeah. <laughs> was like, they, they, they just do that every night just waiting for someone from the E-Word to be there. Um, but, <laughs> well, the thing I love about that is that you're not the one who made that joke about them. That was no. me. When I, <laughs> I know. That's funny. When um, I was making fun of every band that added us. <laughs> I met a lot of... The Swordfest was really fun. It was really kind of strange to see a bunch of foam swords everywhere but it was also like pretty awesome a lot of uh one band i met there that i really really liked was uh vermont if you've heard of them yeah they they were they were on tour with jail socks when i saw them they just missed freshman class i think that was that was the same tour i'm i'm playing a show with vermont uh, at the end of the month so i'm really excited i'm gonna probably try to get them back on the podcast but they were uh they were really gracious. Like they they came up, and because uh, I was I was set up doing the podcast at Swordfest, um, so there's like an episode of me at Swordfest, like talking to as many bands as I could that were there, and like Vermont, and I talked to Ellie from uh from Lee DIY. She was there, just like like it was like a variety episode of all the people that you might run into at a show, and um, and Vermont was one of them, and they were confusing as hell because they said they were Vermont, and then they said they were from like some other state and then they're actually from Ohio. So they kept, it was, it was really throwing me off, but uh, they ended up just being like super nice. So I'm excited to, to jam with those mofos later this month. I'm yeah. still a little salty about the fact that there's a project from Davey from the promise ring called Vermont. Like there's already yeah. a Vermont, there's already a Vermont band in the genre. Oh, really? and I, I really wish he'd called it Delaware, but <laughs> I think that might have been too cutesy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. I didn't know that. I yeah. I would have I would ha- I would be too uh O C D about it, or I don't know, maybe that's not the right term, but like I would have to change it. I like I I kept my band name, like I restarted my band like a a few months ago and I just rather than like try and find a, a band, a new band name and go through the hassle of like make sure no one has it i just like rejuvenated my band name from high school because i knew nobody had it and like i had kept the page open all these years so that like other people couldn't take it 
but if if like another band had I found out had my name, I would yeah, I would, I'd, I'd have to change it. Like I was talking to Dogleg, uh, one of the episodes they they came Such and did an episode band. with me. Such a good band. I yeah. can't I can't wait to listen to that episode. I haven't gotten there yet. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's a fun one. Like we talked a lot about Super Smash Brothers and shit, but uh, no, um, they with Dogleg, they there's another band called Dogleg, but like in Europe, <laughs> and I was I was thinking like even even that might be too much for me. Uh, I feel like you can always just add something. Like they can be like Dogleg US, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, we were more or less just joking about that. Like I was saying, like you guys just need to go on a European tour and uh, like tour with Dogleg. So like that, it's like the Dog Legs tour. And I just <laughs> thought that would be like a really like Dog Leg opening for Dog Leg. I don't know. It was that, it was exciting. That kind of that reminds me of that band that called themselves Jawbreaker Reunion. God, that fucking sucked. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fucked. <laughs> Now Jawbreaker are actually back together, so get fucked, Jawbreaker reunion. I think that yeah. band turned into... Uh, I fucking forgot the name of it. Um, I don't know. I didn't follow them because their name made me mad. <laughs> what was the band that turned into... Uh, they're on Tiny Engines. It's bothering the fuck Brian, out of me. Brian, you know? <laughs> Long, I'm, neck. I'm gonna... Long neck. Long neck. Long neck. Oh, oh. Okay. Um, Let me. Uh, I I have to go in a little bit here, so I wanted to just get yeah. into a in, into a couple things that I wanted to make sure that I hit with you guys. Um, so do you have any plans for? Well, first of all, actually, so two things. First, because these both might take a little bit. The first one was I wanted you to actually explain outright like what decade under the influence is aside from a taking back sunday reference which i love which i love but like the the series that you're doing decade under the influence if you could just like explain like what that actually is and like how that idea came about it it came up to me when i was driving home after christmas that's and i was just in the glockamora just married and i was like i want to know more about this i wonder if anyone would from Glockamora would ever come on the podcast. Oh shit. That kind of <laughs> Yeah, that kind of stuck really in retrospect. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the one band that just like fucking ghosted us, man. But they like, like oh, yeah, really? well they ghost us because they aren't proud of that record even. Like like yeah. Zach is just like, I don't really identify that and I just think it kind of sucks. Oh, oh that's a bummer. But but <laughs> no. I, I didn't realize that record was the inspiration. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, 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 was, I was just kind of like, I think it would be cool to like maybe document a lot of these earlier records. Cause I don't just like, I don't know. I knew it would be kind of hard just to like go to snowing and be like, I mean, first of all, it's a miracle that, I mean, I just think it's amazing that snowing even was able down to get in touch with us. Um, but like, I, I didn't want to just be like, Hey, John Gallum and, can you just come on our podcast? We're 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 from the emo subreddit, which you probably despise. Uh, I thought like putting like doing something a little more focused, and like I was also thinking about like okay, this is like the end of a decade, um, yeah, and like something like the freshman class just like really took off really really well, and I think it's cool that it, like you get people to like vote on it. 
because you have to vote on the fresh you uh, you have to vote in the freshman class so i was thinking of how we can do this and it just it all just kind of came together and like very cohesive and like well and like we're starting to like document records that don't have much documentation or documentation coming from the people that made the records and like that was yeah. the other thing is like i thought that we'd get like people that ran the label to come on the podcast but every band save for Glockamora were like down to talk about it okay yeah that's really cool that kind of reminds me of like the general concept that uh made me interested in doing my podcast was just that i felt like a majority <laughs> of the content and uh produced like other than the music a majority of the content produced by a lot of DIY bands was just a lot of shit posting. And I, and I just think that, I mean, that's fine. That's part of the culture and everything, but I'm, I'm really more interested as, as a musician and as like someone who probably takes it a little bit too seriously. I'm just interested in like what actually goes on. Like what, what are these records about? Like what, what are you about as a musician? Like I understand the need to like, have a presence online and, and to be likable but what what are you actually like as a musician like what inspires these things like what what's going on within the music like give people a platform to uh to discuss their actual their work which which has been pretty cool so yeah that i i totally get that and so how with the decade under the influence how uh how many more parts to that do you have five yeah 2015 2016 2017 18 and 2019 okay yeah. oh shit we also have to do the follow-ups so yeah we have nine f- i guess yeah i mean yeah because we're like doing one episode about one record and then we've been doing like these follow-up episodes which is like the rest of the albums that came out in 2012 that basically talk about like what is like what else was going on in that year for email. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Which that's ha- yeah, that's which weird. people really like surprisingly cuz it's like a lot of us just staring at our computer screens. <laughs> like <laughs> um yeah. oh, who oh, I didn't know that this person produced that and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um but I I think another reason they're so fun is because people always have like their dark horse favorites that weren't going to win, and it's just fun to hear us talk about them, like, like title oh. title fight shed in twenty eleven for example, mm-hmm. stuff like. <laughs> Every oh, time you. we post one of the voting things, someone replies Hecra, <laughs> Hecra, <laughs> <laughs> which Hecra um, didn't start putting out records till like twenty thirteen or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. I and I also love how Alex from Heavy Snacking replies to every single uh, poll by just like throwing in as many Cali bands as they can. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is like which is unfortunate because we haven't had a band not from the East Coast win yet. Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, it's just. Do you think it's maybe just like proximity? You know, like where you guys are located and like where majority of the followers are. Or? I don't know. Do you think it's like the quality of the bands? Like have I've deserved it? Like, have there been any like upsets? Do you feel? No, no. Everyone that's won, I've felt like, oh yeah, that obviously is going to win. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, I think because uh, the original, like the the first part of the emo revival, which is you know what we've been like kind of getting through so far, was highly centralized in Philly and the surrounding areas. Um, and like the first three bands in a row that won were all Philly bands. I think so. I think that has something to do with it too. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then so where I was. The next question I wanted to ask was, so like once you finish up Decade Under the Influence, do you have any like any idea of like what the future is going to look like for your podcast? Like as far as like expanding it all, like different types of uh, medium, like in person interviews, like a- any like any plans for the future? Other like we're going to sign to you, just kind of stay in the course. We're only going to talk about 1,000 Gex. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to sign it to uh, to uh, Earwolf, and we're going to talk about electronic music. <laughs> we need to we need to make that shmoney. To be honest, I would sell out so fucking fast. You have no idea. Like yeah, to be able to mean. be paid to just talk into a microphone. Ugh, a dream. Um, absolutely. I don't know. I think there's. There's a couple things that we could do after a decade under the influence, but I mean, I think it'd be cool to maybe kind of return to the format that we've abandoned for a while. Um, like our, our classic kind of news roundtable format where we just get a guest and shoot the shit about everything that's happened in emo within the past two weeks. Okay. I, I miss yeah. those. But, but I was also thinking about that. I was like, well, are we like just missing a lot of good count? conversation from like this year and honestly no i think like emo is slowing down yeah yeah it's weird um i think that 2019 is turning into like kind of like a a slowdown year for a lot of genres like i'm aside from like, like a couple of like the absolute big standouts like you know, like the the new Freddie Gibbs, for example. I'm not hearing a lot of excellent hip hop coming out lately. I'm not hearing like too much amazing hardcore coming out lately, except for like the Callous Dow Boys. Yeah. Tyler the Creator's <laughs> album was pretty was pretty wild. But other than that, it's like oh, I hip-hop. did. I did like that, but I, I do not think that I would call Igor hip hop. It's more yeah, like, it's fair. I wouldn't even know what the fuck to call it. <laughs> uh, I don't. Know. It it kind of falls into that like kind of like PBR and B thing that was happening happening yeah um there's a lot of like experimental and more soul influenced stuff happening too it sounds like it's it's like off the kanye west tree a little bit i that makes a lot of sense because uh production wise tyler's production has always been uh heavily influenced by kanye uh ever since cherry bomb at least um I think before that it was kind of more like throwing back to RZA, but um, yeah, just this year for DIY has kind of been a little slow, which is uh, why I started doing that weekly series I'm doing on my blog where I just talk about fake emo and I'm posting that to the subreddit every week now. Um, I wrote 9,000 words on fallout boy, like just cause I could <laughs> nice fallout boy was, my they were my heroes back in the day fucking when i was originally like i first started writing music back in high school back in like 2006 and like from under the cork tree and infinity on high like that 
I was shamelessly like they were like what I tried to model all my songwriting afterwards. I even had like a couple shameless vocal runs where there was like the Patrick Stump like vocal trailing where he like takes a syllable and does multiple notes with it. And I was like, oh, God, I listen back to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was in love with Fallout Boy. But, yeah. Um, uh, them and my cab have definitely like aged the best out of that whole core cohort of bands. Um, oh yeah, I can't. Uh, but Ugh, so good yeah. still. Yeah, so and yeah. next week I'm talking about the used, so that should be cool. <laughs> Circus Survive too is another one for me that like is is oh man, that's I didn't still even around. They're yeah. still around, and they're getting they're. If, as good, if not getting better. Like the Amulet is an insane album. I didn't even think of them. I had like Census Fail and Paramore and the Academy is and like Silverstein on the docket and like maybe even Under Oath, but I did not even consider Circus Survive. That's a good. That's a good call. I'll put them in the. I'll put them in the list. Yeah, they're they're by far one of my favorite bands. They're so fucking good. Also, they're my first crowd surf back on Warped Tour. <laughs> they hold a special place <laughs> in my heart. My first crowd surf was Set Your Goals. Oh, uh, my dude. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Warp Tour. Warp Tour was the shit. Uh, uh, the first Set Your Goals that? record is so good. Uh, no, I'm not. Kyle might. What? Going to Ride Fest? Uh, probably not. I'm playing a show the Saturday of Riot Fest, which, is, which kind of works because... The Saturday sucks for Riot Fest. The Sunday and the Friday were, were would be the days that I want to go to the most. So, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of doubt I'll go. I've never been to one, and my uh, every year I regret not going. So I finally caved and got the uh, three day pack. Saturday is kind of now that I'm looking at it. It, it doesn't suck, but little, it's like it's like. But it's it's way it's the weaker. weakest. Even though like Manchester Orchestra is my favorite active band and they're playing, so I'll be really excited for that. And Turnover I haven't seen, but other than that, I'm looking at... Oh, Microwave too. Um, but it's like any of these days by themselves is pretty insane. So like Saturday being arguably the weakest is just kind of in comparison to the other days, in my opinion. Like you're spoiled by the quality of the weekend as a whole. I don't mm-hmm. know. American football, I'm fucking shamelessly stoked to see them too. Disgusting. You disgust me. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't understand. Are you people there's this thing around American football that I don't quite understand. It's almost like they're a meme or like liking American football is somehow like a, a meme. And I think I'm showing my uh my naivety when it comes to that. Like you definitely showed that you're twenty eight by saying that you think it's a meme it's a meme that's all it's ever been american football does not exist it's just been an internet joke but like don't you ever like (laughs) you've all fallen for but don't you ever just like (laughs) take a break from american football and then you per and then you put it on or like you like catch them live and you're like okay this is actually pretty good like it's like something gets so overrated that when you revisit it it's almost underrated See, the, for me, American football was never like this overhyped, overrated thing because I never really knew about them that much. Like, I knew yeah. they were there. Like, I knew about uh, LP1 and everything, but I never listened to it. I never started listening to them until LP3 came out. And Whoa. then I, I really? listened to that. And then I was just like, 
oh fuck this is good and then i kind of work my way back so i don't have like this crazy love affair with them i'm just like oh they're another band that everyone seems to talk about for some reason yeah i mean aside from the from the first ep i do think lp3 is their best album oh dude yeah i i love it lp2 has i think some of the catchier catchiest songs but uh, LP no, LP2 is very bad. LP2 is a very bad album. <laughs> think? Oh, that's a hot take. That's a hot take in some necks of the woods, I think. So I have friends that like swear by LP2. They think it's they say it's their favorite hands down. But for me, it's LP3. I, I have weird takes on American football in general. I think the first album is like literally ele- elevator music. Like aside from yeah, never meant. I have like, zero interest in it. Um, <laughs> but that first EP, Five Silent Miles, Letters and Packages, ugh. So good. Such fucking good, like, jazz emo, I guess you'd call it. I I have a real love affair with that first EP. Huh. I'll have to check that out. I've only listened to the LPs. Not to blaspheme or anything like that. But, um, well, I, uh, yeah, I got to wrap it up here in a, in a minute or two here. Again, I, like, I really appreciate you guys uh, chilling virtually with mm-hmm. me. This has been cool. If, yeah, uh, I hope we were entertaining yeah yeah i mean if you know if i uh can ever think of a reason to which i'm sure i will um it would be cool for me to maybe interview you guys like down the road if you say if you come up with with another feature like idea like if you come up with a another decade under the influence type thing and you want to talk to another podcast and actually go deep dive into what that's going to be and then and promote your stuff somewhere else feel free to hit me up and then um i'd be happy to interview you guys about what you're doing yeah yeah for sure sick and uh so i guess the plan is when this is like edited and what and whatever uh we can both kind of release this in our own feeds is that is that cool with everyone that's fine with me okay sweet 